Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello authors, I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's episode is with award-winning indie-produced screenwriter and author Tammy Gross, who shares her unbelievable, incredibly adventurous story of chasing pirates and being robbed by some to get her start into the screenwriting and fiction writing worlds. Do's and don'ts for authors looking to adapt their work into screenplays and novels or vice versa, and marketing tips for self-published authors. So in my author adventure this past week, it's really been a podcast focused week with some extremely exciting news, which I will be able to share more towards the end of the year for the podcast. I've also been busy recording lots of episodes and uh, looking forward to sharing those with you soon. So whilst I continued work on my middle grade series, not much has happened really with writing. This week I've joined a local gym and I've made more of an effort to put into my health. Uh, That's felt like it's been most important to me this week and I feel the better for it. I've been doing some swimming, taking some classes and uh, my overall energy and wellness is actually you know, benefited from it. And it's something I've been craving for a while now. Um, And I'm very attuned as to what my body and myself need. And I listen to that and I grant those things because it helps me in the long run overall. I'm not going to risk doing myself damage or harm by sort of pushing on uh, for things when, you know, I can tell something else needs my attention. So this week it was obviously that. And uh, I've been listening to Michelle Bridges. If you don't know who she is, she's a personal, more than a personal trainer in uh, Australia. She was on The Biggest Loser and I've been listening to her audio book called Make It Happen Free Through Borrow Box, which is a lending library in Australia, but I would recommend buying this book anyway. It really hits a nail on the head for excuses and uh, gives a truly inspirational spin on, you know, hitting your goals and just, yeah, going for what you want. So if you're feeling low in an area of your life, uh, such as the fitness area, you know, chuck on this book and I'm sure it'll start making an impact the way it has done for me anyway. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. 
capital T, cap all cats hybrid, and capital A for author. So some people have, have mentioned that they've struggled to find that link or find me on Buy Me A Coffee. So the links for, for that can be found in the show notes and at the top of my social media pages. So hopefully by me adding this link in these areas, you can simply click on it and go to the page to let me know. But please let me know if you're still having issues. Or you can leave me a review on pay it forward by leaving me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on nothing big just a line or two to let me and others who write like you know how the podcast is helping further your author career let's all support each other so that's enough for me let's crack on with the episode Tammy Gross is an optioned, award-winning indie-produced screenwriter, as well as the author of The Treasure Galleons, which she converted from an award-winning screenplay into a number one best-selling novel. Tammy, known as The Scriptpreneur, is the founder of Wow Hollywood, where she helps authors, speakers, coaches, and screenwriters turn their dream into a Hollywood movie. Her other script-turned novel, Evangelina, also a bestseller, is slated for 2022 production under the direction of an A-list TV producer. And she joins us today from sunny Florida. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Tammy. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, that's it. Your bio's fantastic. I can't wait to get in there and, and chat to you about it all. How is it you came to join the writing world? Well, I actually kind of had a life plan since I was pretty young. And the reason is, is because my father was a musician and I started having, you know, showing signs that, okay, she has some talent too. And so, you know, it was kind of his dream that I would be, uh, you know, a musician like him. And, and my mom loved how I wrote. I would write all these little stories and I would perform them. So I was kind of combining everything. And I had an, a cousin that I'd never met until gosh, I don't know. I must've been in my late thirties or something when I finally found her, but she was like my, she, she was sort of like a mentor to me, even though I'd never met her in real life uh, until much later. And she was a professional author and she worked with Eugenia Price, who was a historical novelist uh, here in the state. And I just knew that I had to be a writer. So we kind of came up with a family plan for me. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Yeah, so that's different. Creative. <laughs> and it was always, and, and, and it really developed as I got older when I realized, okay, you can't do certain things forever. But I always said that I would sing when I'm young and then I would write when I'm old, when I have, you know, some life experience and I have something to write about, you know, because I didn't have any specific thing I, I wanted to write about it. I just knew I wanted to write. And apparently uh, about 14 years ago, I turned old <laughs> because... <laughs> Because I was actually on a break from singing. I had been singing my whole career and had had a great music career and, and loved what I was doing. But I was on a break from it, kind of reassessing some things. Went on vacation with my family, went to a pirate museum with my sister who loved pirates. And I found out about these lady pirates, these two women who lived 300 years ago. And they were swashbucklers. And I couldn't believe that I had never heard of them. They had never been in a movie. I had never read a book about them. I didn't know anything about them, but they were real. And I could just see the whole movie playing out before my eyes. And it's like, I need to know more about them. And I need to know how to write a screenplay right now, because this is what I want to do. And that's what I did. I actually started researching them. It took me all around the world. There's like a whole story about how, about the research and, and how I actually became a victim of pirate descendants while I was researching, while I was in the Bahamas, I actually got robbed uh, oh by some gosh. people who were self-proclaimed pirate descendants when they found out that I was writing a book. And then later they robbed me. It was 
crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And uh, so I was doing all that. And then um, I obviously had to figure out how to write a screenplay because like, that's what I started out doing. And I became pretty good at it. I ended up writing a whole bunch of different little things and then some bigger things and figured out kind of a method for myself that I can get into later. But uh, uh, I started winning awards and everything and was helping other screenwriters. And I realized this is my thing. This is, I mean, this is my thing. And, and the music kind of, I sort of like, I was doing all this music, music, music and helping other people. And my screenwriting kind of took over and took over completely. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't sing anywhere anymore. I don't write any more songs. I don't, I'm, I'm not doing that at all. I became a writer and I haven't looked back and I'm really happy helping other people actually doing their writing as well. So that's, that's kind of a nutshell. That's a total nutshell of, of how it happened. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. Oh, wow. I'm a firm believer though, you know, all sort of aspects of our lives kind of contribute to things that we're doing. So I suppose your singing will probably come up in our screenplay at some point. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. There actually is quite a bit of that. And and that's funny that you mentioned that because I I didn't realize it first, but it's like, oh yes, there's, there's always something to do with that. In fact, the first book that I wrote that I was writing kind of parallel like my whole life I was writing and it was really just for me but it was a good test thing for me too it was called a song for Triblea and the whole plot was all around a song (laughs) you know so yeah it's different (laughs) oh that's amazing but I I can't believe just stepping back to when you got robbed on the research trip that's (laughs) that's wow that's so these people were they were they they were actual descendants of pirates. So they weren't posing as yeah. Connor. They weren't posing as con artists. They were actual, or maybe they they really took it seriously then just to rope you. you know? <laughs> well, this is the point where if I were really good, like storyteller, when it comes to as a performing storyteller, then I would find some way to really embellish it. But really what happened <laughs> was I was researching and I was staying at the, at the, well, I won't say which hotel, but it's like the, the main hotel that you stay at when you go to uh, Nassau. But anyhow, I was staying there and I got to know some of the staff and they told me, yeah, most of when they heard that I was writing a book and I was researching, I was going, cause I was asking them, you know, I had to find out how to get to the archives and different things. And, uh, and so they knew that I was doing this and, and they're like, yes, I am the descendant of a pirate. And they would tell me which pirate they thought they were the descendant of. It happened like with everybody. And I, on the last day before I was to fly to Jamaica, trying to out run a hurricane so that was the exciting part of the story really (laughs) trying to get to the next archive without you know being hit by a hurricane I went on a cruise I went on a run cruise I just decided I wanted to just you know uh, cut loose a little bit and this cruise it was a rum cruise but they didn't give us any rum until the way back and I wanted my money's worth so I drank it (laughs) (laughs) I get back to the hotel and I find out that all my money is gone that was that was like uh, you know I had it like away and everything and somebody had found where I'd put it and they stole it and of course it was cash and it was so that I could go to Jamaica and I had a lot of research that I had to do in Jamaica so they really hurt me a little bit but it was actually it was it was almost comical because it's like I'm trying to deal with this horrible situation but I have rum in me yeah (laughs) I was just gonna say (laughs) are you are you sure you didn't spend it on rum I might have I don't know (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny but and not at the same time but even you know the the whole story and the research for the the book 
could could have even been it is a story in itself you know I would watch a movie about that you know disaster after disaster (laughs) exactly it really is and this is coming off the heels of you know I'd gone to your neck of the world not I didn't get quite I could see Scotland apparently but uh that's what they told me but I I was in Ireland I was in England I was uh, I was all over uh, and I went to the Netherlands. I went everywhere to, to research this. I really didn't find very much on these two women. There's very little information. So I was very thorough and I probably found more than anybody else has found up until that point, for sure. Wow. And it was really, it was the whole thing it was an adventure. So it was, yeah. it was a great way to get into the writing world. I have to say, if you're going to oh. be a writer, <laughs> make it your own adventure, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. You just, yeah, you sort of sailed in and oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Oh, so you have written these, you know, award-winning screenplays, which you have adapted into novels. Is that something you always had in mind to, to do them in those two styles? Or can you talk us through that process? Because obviously script writing and novel writing is quite different, whereas obviously script writing is quite visual and novel writing, it's, it's quite flowery, you know, with the language. And I guess you've got more room to play. So you, you know, you had this movie, did you did you then think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do this as a novel or how did, how did your, how did it come about? And, uh, you know, what was the process yeah. you followed there? I love that question because it's like, yes and yes and no and no, uh, because <laughs> I was wanting to be a writer and, and then suddenly I find myself getting into the writing world, but it's through screenwriting where it's like, okay, you don't have to be a great writer to be a screenwriter. You have to be a great storyteller. You have to figure out the format and you have to figure out certain things, but you don't really have to be flowery. In fact, it's better if you're not. It's yeah. better if you are able to kind of just make it visual and 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 remember that you can't tell any backstory because it's, if it can't see it and you can't hear it on the screen, it doesn't belong on the page, which is a very difficult concept for a lot of people to write. But it's also very freeing once you kind of get it. And it also makes you a better writer, I think. And and it makes you figure out ways to get your voice heard on the page without being able to be flowery like that. But you can still be clever and you can still, or maybe clever, is, that's always a nasty word in, in writing, but but you can still be uh, so that so that it's your voice, it's it's your style. And, uh, and if it's a comedy, you're making people laugh as they're reading it. If it's a drama, you're making them cry. Or, you know, if it's a, if it's something scary, you know, you're actually scaring them on the page. And so it, it actually does make you a better writer. And so what happened with me is, yeah, of course, I wanted to write it as a book. I always thought that would be cool. But that was like so secondary. It's like, let's get the movie made. You know, this is about pirates. It's about it's in this it's in the 18th century in the 1700s. And and it's oceany. That, as one person put it when, when, when I was talking to somebody, a Hollywood producer about budget, he's like, it's oceany. <laughs> That word is always stuck with me. It's like, yeah, ocean is expensive. It's like every oh, is page it? is a million dollars. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it would yeah. make you bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, things have gotten different. I have, I have changed quite a bit in just the last couple of years. And not, not just because CGI. I mean, just because everything to do with filmmaking has 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 taken a lot of different twists and turns things that you used to think of as being really expensive are not nearly as much as they were and so it it, things are a little bit different now but at the time that this that I turned this into a book this is a very long way of getting to a very simple thing is that this was a true story that I was telling of course I was (laughs) after after all that research and coming up with so little on the actual personalities some of the life of these women uh, I ended up uh, having to fill in a lot of blanks and it took me actually to the what I could would call the prequel of their story 
And that's what I came up with is a screenplay based on these treasure ships that come from the new world to the old world, taking, you know, treasure from New Spain to the king in, in old Spain. And over the years, over the four or five hundred years that treasure ships would run, uh, back when America was not even a thing yet, <laughs> uh, there were there were several shipwrecks. Well, in 1715, there was a really bad hurricane and and it crashed all of these ships. And that is what the story is that I ended up writing is this prequel because when those ships were crashed along Florida shores, which we now call the Treasure Coast here in Florida. And if, if you were looking at me, you'd see me pointing behind me because behind me is east. I'm facing west <laughs> and behind me is east. And that's where the east coast of Florida is. And that's where these ships really you know, went down. And during my research, I'm getting to the answer, believe it or not. No, it's great. <laughs> during my research, I, I found out that this is really where the golden age of piracy started. And when you step back and take a really big picture, uh, spoiler alert, is that this is really the beginning of, of democracy and the Western world. Uh, I mean, it affects you in Australia because it is really where, and, and pirates are a big part of your story in, oh, yeah. in Australia. I mean, you're an island, so obviously. And this, that's what the big story turned out to really be. But the story that I figured out that I have to tell is, is why there were even pirates in the first place. And the reason that they came was because of these treasure ships. It was $400 million worth of treasures that were just lost uh, on the shore. And there's no way that the Spanish were able to recover all of it. But the story that I chose to tell is the story from the Spanish point of view. So really, I'm kind of telling the story from what a lot of people would say were the bad guys. I don't think there were bad guys and good guys. I don't think, I think everybody was bad and everybody yeah. was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a Dutch friend and I was just telling her the other day, by the way, the Dutch are the bad guys in this story. <laughs> She's like, okay. okay. And I told her, well, they're kind of the good, good guys in the later story. But, <laughs> but uh, that, that's the way it was. The, the Spanish were the ones in charge of this uh, treasure. And when this hurricane, you know, took these ships out, it was 12 ships and it took all but one ship. And that ship wasn't even part of their fleet, really. It was just one that they made come with them because it was a French ship. And it went on to France because it was impatient. This, this Frenchman was really impatient for these slow galleons that we had all this, all, these, uh, all this treasure that was keeping them down and keeping them slow. And he went on. He didn't even know that there was a hurricane and that all these people died. But about half the people died. There were about 3,000 people and about 1,500 people died. Wow. Something like that. Now, the numbers are constantly changing now that we... We have access to more archives in Cuba and different places, but that's what happened. And all of this is to say that in 2015, that was the 300 year commemoration, not anniversary, not, not, not what you would call a celebration because all these people did die, but it is the 300 year commemoration that uh, there's a society of treasure divers um, who are archaeologists. And, uh, and who are treasure hunters. And these are the people that I got to know when I was doing all of my research and they were putting on this week long thing and they were going to have a book signing. And we have all these legendary people who have found treasures all over the world who, you know, sell their books and everything. And I'm like, I need to turn my screenplay into a book. And I only had a week to do it because that's when I found out about it. It was a week ahead of time. Wow. And so that's what I did. And on the anniversary of these events, I was able to do a book signing and I printed up 400 copies and sold pretty much all of them. You know, I kept a few for myself and a few to give away to other people. But for the most part, I sold them out and, uh, and I was hooked on writing books at that point. But I was also hooked on the process that I found and developed 
so by accident and so so quickly for how to do that. And it was a good thing because it's it's opened my eyes to a whole new way of doing screenwriting and being in control of your career. So I'll kind of leave it at that because that was a long story to get to that. Answer. No, I love I never really, really thought that I'd be turning that one into a book until it was kind of like, oh, there's an opportunity and now I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, well, it sounds like they cross section into each other. And some people take years and years and years to write books. And I suppose for yourself, if you, you had this hard deadline, you just had to go for it. And you did. And does yeah. it ha- probably help so as well that I guess you had it already in that screenplay format. So the story is there in your mind, you just have to, um, you, you can embellish it almost a little um, in yes. the novel format. So that's pretty cool. With it, how long did all the research in a whole take you and to actually write the script? Oh, wow. So the novel was a week. <laughs> so this is screenplay. It was took that. me at least a year. So it took me, I, you know, I started it, it, it. That was, I don't, I don't need to go into actual dates or anything, but uh, no. if I, if I get it in my head, I'd say it took me about a year to really get my head around how big this story was. And quite honestly, I'm almost ashamed to say it, but not really because it was a learning experience. But I mean, I really saw that this could be a big world. This could be basically like, what we now know is the Marvel world. This could be the Marvel type world of piracy because there are so many stories. It's not just these women pirates, although one of them really could be the centerpiece to the entire story because she's there from beginning to end, basically. And uh, so she's she's a very interesting character to kind of put in the middle of it. And I really thought I would do that, but I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. You know, I haven't I haven't made a movie yet. I haven't even written the screenplay yet. So why am I thinking so big? And so I did all the research that I could do that. And then I just didn't do it. But then things like Black Sails came out. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but that's something that came out with um, probably HBO, I think, is who originally had no, Showtime. I think it had that epic, something like that. And there have been a few others and there's 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 been a few along the way. But the story I want to tell is not only the true story, but a story that the whole family can enjoy. So even though it's pirates and everything, you know, I, the, the violence and the bloodiness and everything is definitely somewhat there, but that's really not what the story is about. This is about people trying to find a way to freedom for their own lives, to be in charge of their own lives. That's in my opinion, that's what the whole overall story is. So that is a big part of why I even wanted to tell it. And that's why it took so long too, is that there is a lot. Yeah, yeah, sounds like when you actually sit down to do the writing, as we said, like the Mm -hmm. you were on the deadline for the novel, so you were just gun hole there. Yeah. But with the script, do you are you do you sort of when you sit down to do the writing, do you take does it is it just all in one go type of thing? Or do you have other aspects to your life that kind of you've got other commitments and things like that? So you've got to kind of find writing where you can or you know, writing's your main your main life really oh that's the age-old question for all of us isn't it? for every one of us who does any kind of writing we all have to kind of deal with that don't we it's interesting because when I when you go what what some people would consider backward but now I'm thinking of it as a forward way but if you kind of go backward and you're taking something that's already written that's smaller and you're turning it into something bigger which is what I was doing I was taking a 120 page screenplay basically and turning it into a whatever it is 180 page book I didn't turn it into this big huge book it could have been very epic it probably could have been a 500 page book I had to make some decisions but because the time was limiting it's like it was kind of made for me and And I decided that, yeah, I'm going to flush it out. And some of the things that I wanted to always put in there that I couldn't put in there, I can get some of those in. But for the most part, it made such a clear story 
and it had been vetted and I had, I mean, it went through a lot before it got to the point where it was an award-winning screenplay and, and where, you know, there was a lot of development that went into the screenplay part. So turning it into a book was almost a no-brainer other than I wanted to put a little bit of my flair on there. And all I really decided to do was turn it into past tense because the screenplay is written in present tense and it's, it's written in third person present tense always. And I decided, okay, I'm not going to get too fancy with it, but I will turn it into past tense. That's the way most novels read. Some, some are present tense, but I think it'll I think it'll read better as a past tense, especially since it's clearly a historical and everything. And that's exactly what I did is I, I, I just, I just changed the tense and everything. I'm an editor. That's how I've been helping other screenplay screenwriters for 12 of those 14 years. And uh, so that helped me that it's like, I could like do that and then I could step away. But I also have other people that I've helped had helped me as an editor. And so I was able to give it to them. And so I didn't really have to put as much effort into it. And that was kind of an aha moment, a little bit of a, little bit of a light bulb that it's like hmm this is not that hard to do yeah I mean there are certain things and I made some missteps there's no doubt about it and there are things it's like oh I'm so embarrassed that that's in there like that you know (laughs) things like you know all those things that you always have when it's like oh my gosh it's now in other people's hands and they're reading you know I had those moments but um for the most part I was really happy in in that I could just flesh it out a little bit yeah and 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 then by not taking the time and making this big huge epic it kept it tight yep. and it made it a good fast read and it made it pretty much a young adult read so that, you know, anybody from the age of probably eight or nine could read it up and, you know, but I, but most of the people who've read it are their fifties and sixties. A lot of the baby yeah. boomers have read it. <laughs> a lot of the treasure hunters are baby boomers. Yeah. Know? That's it. Oh goodness. That, that was a good thing. Yeah. And then how did you go about publishing it? I decided to do it myself. And uh, that was another self-learning thing. And this other book that I had been writing my whole life, I used it as my guinea pig. And I didn't really care so much about, I mean, I, I was excited that it's like, wow, this was not totally wasted time yeah. in my life. All those, all those nights where it's like, I could have gone out somewhere with my friends and I'm like, no, I, I have a great idea for my book. I'm going to stay home and write. It, it paid off a little bit, you know? So I, 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 I tested it on that and I figured out how to do it at the time. It was Create Space with Amazon. And, uh, and so I knew I figured out and I did all the things that you do to get it published. What I didn't know and didn't do, and it sat on, and it sat for years after 2015 was that once you publish it, you kind of got to do something to market it, get it out there, get people to actually read it besides your friends or the people that you've sold it to in, in, in person. And so that was, that was a new learning curve that, but it wasn't, it wasn't pressing and I didn't have a week long deadline on yeah. it. But I'm glad I did it that way because I figured a lot of things out because I had to. Yeah, that's it. Oh, fantastic. And, and how have you gone about marketing it? Have you have you been quite creative there or have you struggled in that department or it's been on my good? own? Yes, I struggled. <laughs> I totally struggled. I ended up going to um, somebody who is basically that's what they did is they marketed and they even could give you a guarantee. But it was so pricey to go to them. And at the time, I'm like, you know what? This is what I need to do. I need to get this book like really out there because I had another script that I really not only wanted to do this with, but I wanted to do it a little bit differently. And it was under negotiation for being optioned to become a movie. And and I'm and I was even talking to the producer who was interested in it. That's like, you know, I want to turn this into a book as well. Can I keep the book rights? And so it was part of the contract negotiations and everything. So about a year ago in July, actually, well, in July is when these events happen. So it's always kind of around the anniversary of things. So in July of last year, I did go to, to a marketer 
And, uh, and I won't lie, it was, it was expensive. It was too expensive. I, you know, in, in retrospect, I could have probably found somebody else, but I didn't know that. At the yeah. time. I, I wasn't embedded in the world yet of knowing so many more people that I do now. And, uh, and, and she shot it up to, to number one in several categories. And I think three or four categories right away. And I learned that there's some magic when it comes to Amazon. And I mean, if I had paid her lots and lots more money, I could have been on the New York Times. And this is the magic that authors are learning these days. And and I know it makes some people feel almost Ill, illegitimate. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, I'm a bestseller, but am I? <laughs> but you are, you are, you've gotten it into the hands of these people. And then, you know, trying to get, uh, you know, I've been listening to your podcast, actually, and trying to get uh, reviews and stuff, you know, that became my new, that was my next challenge. So there's always a next challenge with any of this, but I'm loving being part of it. And I have now met so many amazing people. And so I was able to take the knowledge that I got from that. And with this other screenplay called Evangelina, which was based on a true story. And it has kind of its own story of how I wrote it and everything. I don't want to bore everybody with all these writer's stories, but- uh, Oh no, we love when them. I got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. It's like, it's like, it's like, we love them, but, it, but it's like, yeah. Do I want to watch a movie about a writer? Uh, sometimes yes. You know, <laughs> sometimes yes. Yes. Uh, I do want to, I do want to talk a little bit about that, but right now what I, all I want to say about that to kind of get to the point of what yep. you're asking me is that I was able to do exactly what I set out to do, which is to turn it into a bestseller. I didn't make it a number one bestseller at that time because I was doing it on my own, but I got really creative and I was really having fun. And I went live every single day on Facebook, just saying where I was at in the process of figuring this out. And then when I had the launch day or week or whatever, then I just, you know, I, I did what they said to do and I let everybody know, Hey, it's out there. It's there right now. Download it right now. And, you know, do it now today. And it was basically kind of a Halloween story. And for whatever reason, I, I didn't understand some of the things that worked. I thought everybody was going to be getting it on Halloween. So that was my launch day. (laughs) Turns out that on November 1st, Everybody got it. And I became number one best or not number one, number two bestseller in a couple of categories because I didn't know what I was doing to get to number one. (laughs) But I did figure out to get into the top hundred in like five categories, I think it was. Wow. And that was really a cool experience. And I learned also it's like if you have a target date, you have to plan it a little differently. (laughs) (laughs) All these little things you gotta learn along the way. And now I have other people that I'm working with and they're helping people that I'm helping with their stories and with their screenwriting and with their turning it into a book that are better at marketing. And so they're now helping. And that's where I'm at right now, where again, I've taken treasure galleons now and it's been, it's become number one in new categories. So it's, it's like a number one bestselling book in like probably, it's probably been the number one bestseller in seven different categories over the last year or so. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. 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 I suppose you don't, um... I'm really a number one. (laughs) I suppose you don't mind paying sort of big money for people to market the book if it is like a return on investment. If it is going to show you those is. results, you know, then yeah, that's that's it. Oh, fantastic! Um, so yeah, yeah. Ta- talking about the two books, I mean, they 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 seem obviously quite different. I suppose you've got your treasure galleons, yeah. which are you know based on a true tale action adventure, and then you've got Evangelina, which uh, would you almost call that a psychological thriller type thing or Mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. quite um yeah yeah it's quite, it looks quite dark and um but they're both both based young adult would you would you put them in that category I would say so yeah. you know the, the lead characters are in their teens 
So yeah. in, bo- in both books, they're both teens. And there is yeah. a true story that at least inspired, uh, even though it's a ghost story, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inspired by a true story, which actually yeah. has a cool thing behind it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was definitely a different kind of genre. And I think where you're going, you know, I'm writing in different genres. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, um, and, like it's a different thing. Yeah, we've we've sort of always not had it drilled into us, but as authors, we're we're told to build an author brand off our platform, and to do that is probably best to keep writing in the same genre and build on top of that audience you're building. So, have you found with these two books that appear quite different? Have you found that different? Has that been proven hard to market them against mm-hmm. sort of one another, or the the fact that you've gone into various different categories? I suppose you've have you just built built on them both rather than as them as together I suppose well yeah that's the thing is that you know there, there's like a similarity in, and there's a way I can you know kind of market them and saying that they're both screenplays young turned adult. into yep. novels and young adults and so there's and that. Ri- written and by yourself <laughs> exactly, and from you both written by myself <laughs> exactly and so there are there are things that I can that I can do to kind of sort of categorize them together but they really are let's let's face it they're different and there's pretty much different audiences you know like this producer really loves horror films yeah. so he's kind of pr- approaching this with a horror aspect even though I it, it falls into the horror category, but it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's more psychological thriller type thing, I'd say. Uh, but it, it kind of crosses, you know, yes. a lot of things cross genres yeah. these days, right? These days, right? But the big thing is, is the fact that you do have to kind of figure out, is this the, is this what I want to do? A lot of people, they do not want to leave their categories. And it's the same in Hollywood. You know, one of the people that I've worked with is, I guess you could say he's my claim to fame a little bit, is Shia LaBeouf. He, you know, he's known for being this actor. He's been this lead actor, you know, he was in Transformers and, and, and he's kind of the smart ass type uh, guy in that. And then he, but he's always, you know, kind of the, the, the troublemaker with the heart of gold type person and everything. And, but he's known as the actor, 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 his, his own story suddenly landed in my lap where he wrote it under a pseudonym, but, but he let me know that it was him. And I, I didn't believe him, to be honest. At first. I wasn't <laughs> sure. But then I read it and I realize, okay, this is definitely a Hollywood person who's got a lot of Hollywood trope things in the script that is like, I have to overcome a lot when I do work with A-listers or people who are just really embedded in Hollywood for a while. It's like, yeah, it doesn't always, it doesn't always translate to how you write a spec script, a script on speculation. So I had a lot to help it, but he wanted some story notes and, um, and I gave him some pretty big ones. Uh, but they were, you know, I gave them just a very small list, but I'm like pretty important type things and everything. I was really shocked that turned into Honey Boy, which is a movie he did make. And he, there's a lot of criticism about him because he entered this into contests. Now this is an A-list actor who's entering contests where people like me who don't, you know, who don't have a presence in Hollywood are competing. And he got a lot of flack for that, but a very generous uh, filmmaker that I know Put, put that in perspective for me, and this is for authors as well, is that you can follow your heart and do what you want to do. He wanted to be the director, but he also wanted to be the writer. And he's known as the actor. And it's yeah. very hard in Hollywood to get out of that stereotype or in that pigeonhole that you've been put in. And if people don't take you seriously as a writer, that's why he wrote it under a pseudonym. That's why he did enter it into contest because he needed some validation that am I a good writer? And he turns out he is because he yes. won more than one contest with more than one screenplay. Then when he made this into a movie, he plays his own father. So yes, he's still the actor, 
and everything. I, I think I said that he was a director. He was not the director. He 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 played his own father, and but here he is. He's the writer as well. Yeah. yeah. And so he has now found a way to really, you know, I mean, he's his own person. He's a very unique person, anyhow. And he had some troubles that happened in his life, and he found a way to get them actually into the movie. I mean, he's very self, uh, you know, he he looks inside. Yeah. And a lot of actors don't do that. But he, but so that was a great example of why you can go outside of your genre because you can go into into what is a passion for you, and you can find creative ways to get there. And for him, he had he did it that way. I'm not sure I fully agree with the fact that he needed to get into screenplay contests, but <laughs> other than that, he found a way to get there. And then uh, you know he he just slammed it with um you know when he went to film festivals and everything. So it was a good script. And, and it deserved to get that kind of attention. And if you're writing good stuff, go for the genre that works for you. I never thought I'd write anything at all that was at all horror. And I don't want to take a, a whole lot more time. I'll just really quick say that it was actually inspired by it. Like I said, a true story. But I was at a 48 hour, 48 hour writing retreat. And this is where I found out some gold about at least my process and also how I can help other people is it was a 48 hour writing retreat where the goal was to write a screenplay all the way from start to finish. Well, it took place at the haunted, oh. you know, if you believe in that, <laughs> yeah. it, it was at the haunted hotel where Stephen King had written The Shining uh, up in the Rockies in Colorado. So that setting that we had and the gal who was leading this thing, she was staying in the room that Stephen King stated and she was talking about some spooky things that seemed to be happening. You know? That <laughs> so, is so cool. So 48 hours. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah. And that was my inspiration. So that's why I decided that story. I already had it kind of outlined and had already, you know, done some work and everything, but I needed to get it done. I'd never finished a screenplay that fast. In fact, any screenplay I did finish, I still never felt like it was ever finished. And in 48 hours, I was able to go from page one all the way to page, you know, 106 or whatever it is, my final count. I entered it into a screenplay contest. I did a little cleanup, but I entered into a contest. It won. Whoa. And it was a pretty good, big one, Page International. And so it 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 did really well. And and so that is kind of the lesson that I learned is that working fast yep. gets you to move. I learned that about turning the, you know, turning the screenplay into a book. And then I learned that about, about just writing the screenplay in the first place, getting it on the page, getting that, what they call puke draft or, or, you know, whatever yeah. draft out. So that it's just out there, clean it up and get some, get some eyes on it uh, when it's what you want it to be. And then you can start moving forward with it. And that's exactly what happened to me. And that thing has been, that's been just, you know, yeah. a juggernaut for me. It's, it's gotten me, you know, a couple of options. It's under option right now. It'll be made into a movie. Should start production probably in about three or four months. Yeah, that's incredible. And also I think, and I've found with myself, if I am accountable to someone, you do it, you know, you you've, it. you do it. So yeah, again, working out how you work and just getting it done is is definitely key. That is incredible. I love yeah, that absolutely. story. So good. <laughs> um, so tell us about, you know, Wow Hollywood and how you came to be dubbed, dubbed the scriptpreneur. It's quite obvious, you know, people come to you and how did that all come about? Well, like I said, I've been actually, it, it was just a natural progression that once I started writing screenplays for myself, I started a group here in Orlando where I live, um, Orlando Screenwriters, and people started just naturally coming to me, asking me for things, because I've always been a bit of, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, probably because I was really good with grammar and things like that. And so I was always the person in any office that I ever worked at or anything like that. It's like, how do you spell this? How do you, you know? <laughs> 
And so I was always the grammar geek. And, and so people always came to me. And, and that's what was happening with format. Because format is probably the hardest thing with screenwriting for people to really get their heads around. Even yeah. professional screenplay writer, screenwriters, they don't fully get it themselves. But they find a way to get around it. Yeah. <laughs> I can never understand for me. I did a minor in script writing in, in my uni degree and just beat like, what the hell is yes. beat? Like, I cannot get my head around that, you know? I thought, is it a pause? Is it an next scene? And uh, exactly. yeah, so that, that to me just does not sink in. <laughs> See, now there, there you go. You've already been you've already been taught something that you shouldn't have been taught in the first place because because beat is out there and it's stupid and it shouldn't be. And sorry, if you're a screenwriter and you've written beat and you write beat in your thing, stop it. It's a oh, bad okay. thing. All right. I thought it had to be <laughs> so in there. there. Go. There you go. See, and people think it needs, yeah. So there's actually that, that's why I, people just naturally, you know, because they would think the same thing. So I started, uh, so I had to hang up a shingle and just say, okay, I'm an editor now. <laughs> that's how I started earning my living really. And, uh, and so the whole, the whole thing with turning into the scriptpreneur came from the fact that I was the creative, I was the creative, I was helping people over here. But for my own career, I was still the creative, creative, creative. I had been a musician, now as a writer. And at some point, I realized these have to be married together. We have to marry the, the creative with the business and stop letting other people be in charge. That's where the books also came in. You know, being a, no, a novelist or an author of a true story or of, you know, if it's a business book, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, I actually... And I'm sure it flies in the face of some of your guests in the past, but we all have different opinions, right? I think it's better these days, just because of things that have changed over the last, just even just 10 years or so. I think it's better to be self-published. I think it's just, I think you have more control over your own career. And in screenwriting and Hollywood and all that is like, it's, it can be so overwhelming to feel like you have to break into this totally closed thing where there's big money involved and everything. But, you know, again, the last five to 10 years, everybody can be an independent filmmaker now. Everybody can. Everybody can be a self-published novelist. Everybody can, um, you know, make their own career happen. You just have to have a plan. You have to have a good plan. And yes, money is going to come into it. You raise money, but you also, you should be making money. You should be able to monetize. And that's where I started to figure it out and put it all together and meeting, you know, the right producers and meeting the right people who work with novelists and everything. I've now got like a career path that I can help people go down. You know, yep. yes, we, the, the script is everything. Yeah. Got to have the script. The book is everything. If you want it to be a bestseller, yes, you can just make it a bestseller with money, but you want to make it keep going and you want it to be legitimate. You want to get good reviews. You want, you want people to really want it and build a real platform of, of fans and now you have real leverage in Hollywood when you have a best-selling book that people actually love and are talking about and it, and it, and it wins awards. You know, uh, it, you put it all together and you've got a business mm -hmm. and you can be earning money at the same time and, and earning money through the sales. There's other ways to earn money through it, through it, through a book as well as through a screenplay too, that it's like nobody thinks about these things because they're always like, I hope somebody will read my book and, <laughs> and they'll love it. Yeah, you know, and that's what they're always after. But yeah. that's not, you know, that's a pipe dream. And this is all about 
making your dream actually happen. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And it sounds like, you know, offering some advice for kind of what you should do. Do you yeah. have more sort of do's and don'ts for people who want to write the screenplays, write the novels, cross section stories that they've got into each other? It sounds like awards is quite a, a good thing to try and enter your work into and have that under your belt because that obviously provides credibility. So absolutely. Well, you just, you just, I mean, that says a lot right there yeah. is just getting awards and, uh, and getting, you know, do rest on your laurels, you know, <laughs> get those laurels and then rest on them a little bit. They are on the back of both of my books. You know, I, I made sure that, you know, it's known that this book has won awards and, and then use that book, um, in a, in a, in a way that it's, you know, like they're all telling us nowadays, especially if you're self-publishing, you know, put some stuff in the front matter and in the back yeah. matter that leads people to more of who you are, what you have to offer and how they can read more. Both of my books, I consider to be the prequel or maybe not even the prequel, like one is just basically the first episode, I guess you could say, Evangelina is basically the first, the first in a series. And then uh, the Treasure Galleons is basically the prequel to the big pirate, you know, yeah. Marvel type world that, that, that I, I really think will make a great movie series and uh, or even any kind of series, Showtime, it doesn't matter. It'll make a great series. Think big, but don't get so lost in that big thinking that you don't take action and that's and, and perfectionism will sneak in and it's like oh this book isn't ready yet this book isn't ready yet this script isn't ready yet you know it's a script is never ready it's never done being rewritten uh, even on the set people yeah. are rewriting things you know you, most people have heard the the famous story about Casablanca there really wasn't much of a script and they just kept making things up <laughs> as they went along yeah. and it's one of the best movies ever right that's the that's the thing is that even with a book nowadays because of self-publishing you can always do that second edition you can do that revision and and have it be a special fan favorite type thing and there's so much you can do so don't hold on to perfectionism rest on your laurels keep it about the reader not about you you have all these big ideas and everything but remember it's your you want to have a fan base so make it about what they want find out what they want there are lots of ways to do that. We don't, that's a whole other podcast yeah. and, and find out what they want and then, and then give it to them, you know, yeah. and, and don't make them wait forever to get it with your perfectionism. Yes, I know. Uh, I, I feel like I'm guilty for all those things. I really am. <laughs> we all are. We all... But no, I, I love that's what you're doing. You're just putting yourself out there. You're getting the work done and it's, it's obviously paying off. That's incredible advice there. And uh, yeah, no, being the hybrid author podcast, we're not all inclusive. We, you know, talk about traditional publishing and obviously independent publishing. And, and now with the publishing models, there's so many different types out there, you know, even- And there's traditional... hybrids. Yes, yes, the, the <laughs> hybrids yeah um going through that and uh, publishing collectives as well about authors and different ah. multi-skilled people coming together and they're creating their own publishing like uh, independent publishing companies to produce their own books but using each other's skills in the process so I love yeah I know it's fantastic no that that's amazing your tips are fantastic and it sounds like you've got so many exciting things to come can you tell us what what can we expect from Tammy Gross in the future well I mean I'm a creative so I could probably give you a big long laundry list of things that I think are going to happen but things that are, that are already happening actually with what you just mentioned that's sort of what real novels is r-e-e-l novels where also people can get hold of me but they can also get hold of the book that that we've been you know treasure galleons is what we've been talking about or evangelina either one it'll send you off to amazon but it'll also get you in touch with me in case you are a writer and it's the same thing where i'm bringing a collective of people 
so that we can get you on that path where you have a business plan for your book slash script, whether whichever one you've written first, you know, now I've, yeah. I've the secrets out. It's easier to write the script first and then write the novel, but that's obviously not where everybody's at. So write the novel, turn it into a script and, and, and get on that same path. So realnovels.com is, is already happening. And it's and it's growing, and it's and it's a place where I invite people to, you know, let's talk about what your plan is for your story. And then another thing is uh, Real Connections, which is a network um, that is coming up, and it's like it's it's kind of premature, but I don't know. Maybe by the time the, the episode drops, maybe everything will already be live. Um, but uh, this is this is going to be a really cool thing. There's going to be summits. There's going to be all sorts of different ways for different people from the author community and from the filmmaking community to come together, take down the walls that, you know, that it's like, how do I get to somebody in Hollywood and Hollywood? How do I find somebody who has this yeah. awesome, awesome story that's already out there, you know, and, and just break all that down and help people get their own path going. And uh, so that's going to be really cool. It's going to be a place where you can connect with others. And there's also going to be events like summits where just like lots of like A-listers are talking and talking about it from a perspective of the way things are in this new, what we call new Hollywood, because Hollywood is kind of like an idea. It's not a place. And uh, Hollywood exists there in Perth. It exists there in Scotland and in Illinois and Orlando, wherever, you know, Hollywood is wherever. I'm closer to Hollywood, Florida than I am to Hollywood um, California, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I do actually have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's called, and it's called Real Life Stories. Again, R E E L Life yeah. Stories, and and I it's a dot com. So Real Life Stories dot com, and that is actually where I'm I'm talking to entrepreneurs, people who are already on the business side, but trying to get their creative juices going and trying to figure out if their story is Hollywood worthy or not. And so I get them talking about their story of why they're making a big difference in the world. You know, a lot of coaches, a lot of speakers, people who are who are solving problems for for people in big ways ever since COVID started and everything and everybody's gotten really creative and how they can help people who are stuck at home and everything. So those are people who have their own really incredible stories. Yeah. And that's, and it's like, and, and if the right person hears them and says, Hey, I'd love to write your story into a screenplay, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's another great connection that can be made. That's wonderful. And everything's at, is it TammyGross.com? Is that the website? Did you share that? You can go to TammyGross.com. It'll probably send you to something else. Um, <laughs> probably the one to go to if you really, if, if you're interested in talking to me is I would say go to, uh, well, I'm a scriptpreneur, right? So let's go to scriptpreneur.com. That's where you would go. Go there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tammy. That was incredible. I absolutely loved it. Same here. So there you have it, folks, the amazing, sunshiny Tammy Gross sharing so many fabulous screenwriting tips and adaptation secrets there. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have author of the Tourtums sci-fi fantasy trilogy, Phil Asmundson, talking to us on writing character perspective. So that's it from me. It's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.